I know it sounds absolutely ridiculous, but this is the 700th episode of Witch Police Radio. So I just want to give a big thank you to everyone who's listened at any point over the past nine years and change, and I really appreciate your support. The reason the show keeps going is because, first of all, Manitoba keeps churning out so many awesome artists, uh, you know, past and present and future, and also just because people give me feedback, they tell me they like the show, they, they, they recommend it to friends, they share links online, all that stuff really matters and really helps get the show to new ears and get the local artists I'm interviewing to new ears as well. So, uh, I don't know if 700 counts is a real milestone, but I just want to give a big shout out to everyone who's supported the show so far, and just let you know that if you have enjoyed an episode of the show and you want to keep it going keep supporting it uh there's a way to do that you can go to patreon.com slash witch police and for as little as one dollar a month you can support the show and get access to a ton of free content including bonus episodes including advanced looks at all of the interviews i do and uh special content that each interviewee uh records with me specifically for the patreon followers so huge thank you to everyone who supports the show there um there's lots of cool things coming up in the near future show is going to keep keep on trucking hopefully we'll get to the next 700 episodes got new merch coming very soon new witch police radio shirts coming from our friends at divine shirt company and you'll hear about them right now summer is finally mercifully here manitoba if you want to promote your band or your team or your business with some fresh gear this season check out our friends at divine shirt company Supporting local business is more important than ever in these tough times. So get a made in Manitoba solution to your screen printing, embroidery, heat press vinyl, and graphic design needs over at divineshirtcompany.ca or on Instagram at divineshirts. And tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I am here with a guest who has been on the podcast before, but it's been like a really long time. I think it was 2014, the last time you were on the show. And obviously, um, before we get into who you are, I mean, you've done a lot of music <laughs> in that time. So I think the best for, way to... For a long time. Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> was the best it really way... 14? Yeah, 14, yeah, 14. Yeah. It's ridiculous. For some reason, it feels, it feels longer ago than that, but then again, we have that void last like two and a half years so yeah that's messed with know. everybody's everything for sure uh so yeah, time feels time doesn't exist yeah there's no there's no such thing as time um before we uh to get this started off properly i think uh, the best way to do it is if you want to introduce yourself and give a bit of background about what you do as a musician i think a lot of people especially here in winnipeg are familiar with your band but uh let's let's hear you uh, introduce introduce yourself and and sort of explain what your sound is and what you do well, I'm Jesse from the band Can Mode. We've been doing the thing for going on 23 years here in Winnipeg and around the world. Um, my brother and I formed the band in 1999, and we've been making a mess of everything ever since. We basically, our whole existence revolves around music because now our day jobs, we run MKM management services where we do business management for bands that are considerably more popular than ours. Uh, grant writing, accounting, all, all that fun, boring stuff that uh, you 
can actually do if you're not cool. And uh, we've we've always lost money doing the 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 things that you're supposed to be cool to make money for. And now we're finally using our uncoolness to our advantage. Right on. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad you managed to turn it into an actual day job as well, because I mean, you know, it's uh it's one thing to be in a band for 20 years, but you know, to be able to, to have the band and then your, your, you know, straight gig, your, your, your real world gig, if you want to call it that also being music related is pretty awesome. Yeah. And like, the funny thing is at this point, like, like the band, it's not that the band's not a job too. Uh, like we, we very much did it as a full-time job for five, six years yeah. in from like 2010 through the end of 2015. But, uh, it's not a very good living. <laughs> And I don't like sleeping on people's floors. I like to be able to pay rent or maybe even buy a house one day, <laughs> which uh, uh. anyway, we don't need to talk about the housing market right now. But no, no. Yeah. No. It was essentially, I mean, it's kind of a long game that I was playing since I first went to university back probably would have been like 2000, 2001 when I switched from the sciences over to commerce because I, I realized I wouldn't be able to make a living in the sciences because I didn't really love it. And music was always going to ruin my life. And I knew I could never make money doing what I like to play because, well, if anyone's familiar with my band, you know what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. That's not exactly uh, a house buyer there. So, uh, yeah, I got a business degree. My brother got his chartered accountant uh, designation and we, we used that for good instead of evil. That's awesome. So I guess, I mean, that's, I think that's almost a, a whole other podcast on its own, the, the idea of, of being, a, you know, accountants in music, which it sounds funny on the surface, but it makes a lot of sense as, as a career path. But um, the reason we're doing this now um, and, and catching up after all this time is because you have a new record coming out um, that you just announced the other day, uh, you know, a few days yeah. before we, we, we did this call. So um, this is your first album since, what, 2018, 19? Yeah, 18, uh, which I guess we wrote in like 2016, 17. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were going to try to start writing earlier than that, but then obviously the pandemic started like March 2020. Yeah. We'd be done writing probably near the end of 2019, and I basically threw all that material out. Okay. Lost my mind, threw everything out, started from scratch alone. Um, and that's kind of where we've come to now. We wrote wrote and recorded two albums last fall. And part of the reason it became that is we're trying to schedule, trying to bring our producer, Andrew Schneider, who lives in New York up here. And we just couldn't until the latter half of last year. So um, yeah, we kind of all along, we decided we were going to try to record everything that we had. And it just became so much that we had to make the call. Like we're not the kind of band that like a big deluxe two like double record arc would really work. I don't see people buying that. We're, we're a bit much for like, I don't know if you listen to it for 75 minutes straight. Uh, so we figured we'd try to make two like distinct statements out of it that also fit together as one statement. Cool. So that's what we've come to. We have the Null album coming out September 23rd now on Artifact Records. And then the follow-up is, is is the second part of that, which you've already recorded at the same time? Oh, it is, yeah. And it's it's done. The artwork's all done. Yeah, we... we I mean, it was, it was all done by the same people. Same time, basically, as one record, um, other than it, it will look different and it will sound different. 
because for the most part, they were kind of written in the two different periods. Much of the Null record, with the exception of the last track, Unresponsive, much of it was written more in 2020. And then as we started being able to get together more, we wrote more as a band. So a lot of the material on the Null record, I wrote on my own. Okay. Um, and I, I played all the instruments and then taught everyone else them. And then for the most part, it's, it's how I wrote it, other than Shane can completely dunk on me as a drummer because I'm not a drummer. <laughs> is that very different from how you usually write? Is it usually a lot more collaborative? It has been the last many, many years. It's been a lot more collaborative. Um, that was the one thing that, that I, the only positive thing that came of the pandemic for me is I taught myself to finally learn how to record stuff on a computer. I kind of flirted with it back in 2007, but it's, a completely different world for that sort of stuff now. Yeah. Like computers are all way more powerful. Um, all the tools to record yourself are way easier to learn. And a lot of the gear is a lot cheaper. I, I invested in kind of, I'd say meager, like some opening, like just beginner stuff. And then I, I quickly started to buy a little bit better equipment, but um, for the most part, like I don't have delusions of grandeur. I'm, I'm not going to try and replace some of the people that like we work with when we go to the studio. Cause yeah. that's one of the things I really get a kick out of is being able to hire some of the best people in the world and bring them up to Winnipeg. Well, and you have, you have done that, you know, repeatedly. Yeah, quite literally. Like it, it's, it's, and I mean, part of that is, is the benefit of living in a place like Winnipeg where we have programs like Manitoba film and music where they do. I mean, for a band like us who, who has the accolades that we have and, and the know-how to write the grants for them, they've been very kind to us for basically since we won that Juno. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been getting our albums supported by them, so we end up making records that we probably shouldn't make on our own. <laughs> it kind of just takes our budget and doubles it. So it's it's uh, we've been very fortunate. Uh, granted, part of the reason it is so expensive is because to work with these people, we have to bring them to Winnipeg to do it. Generally speaking, if you work with them in the U.S. where they're at home, it's yeah. it's cheap. But anyway, regardless, we, we've got to work with some of the best people in our genre, period. So it's it's been very, very cool. And I, I'd like to continue doing that. So, um, But anyway, I kind of uh, went on a, a tangent there. I, I learned how to demo stuff on a computer, which has allowed me to experiment a lot more with our songwriting more so than i've ever been able to in the past because a lot of the time i'd have these crazy ideas but because i didn't play the instruments or have the gear we would have to try and wing it in the studio and i'd bring yeah. people in and we try the things out and it's like yeah that doesn't really work and especially with a band that like plays the way we do and has the type of tones that we do it's not always easy to fit other instruments in there you have to like spend a lot of time crafting a place for another instrument especially since we've been a three-piece since 1999 like it i don't usually leave space for other things so
Well, that was kind of my uh, next question too, is that now you're a four piece. And I mean, that's an extension of the previous record too, is, is having the sax yeah. on there, which I think was like one of the strongest parts of that album. And they really stood out a lot on those songs, but yeah. I loved. So it's, it's cool to hear that, that this is now expanded and she's a permanent member. The funny thing about all that is, is the saxophone, we were encouraged not to really stress it too much by the label we were on at the time, because within the heavy metal uh, genre, it's a very divisive instrument where people who are, who are either into stuff like jazz really enjoy that being mixed in or they absolutely fucking hate it. Yeah. And uh, so as a result, we just didn't really showcase it on any of the singles that we had. And I think people didn't really realize there was an evolution going on unless you actually spent time to listen to the records. Cause all my favorite tracks on that record are the ones with the saxophone. Sure. On. Yeah. It, it's, it's really, really noticeable. Like it, com- it comes out super strong on those, on those songs. Yeah. And the tricky thing about only having three songs with her on it is you, it doesn't really warrant bringing her on tour, paying for a whole other person. So with this record, I started getting really into Moog synthesizers and bought a few of them and then started mixing in piano more because I had the ability to in the demoing process. And all along when I started messing with all that, like if you're going to do it, you should do it live, not just rely on samples. And that kind of the long game there was I wanted to have Catherine doing all of that and we wanted more saxophone. So there's more saxophone on this record. There's more saxophone on the next record. There's piano, there's synth, there's all kinds of stuff. And her job is going to be miserable live. <laughs> how, how is she going to work that? I mean, you have Catherine in the band now, which is awesome. But how does that work for the old stuff? Like if you're on tour and you're going to be playing, uh, you know, something from three albums back, does it get retrofitted to add synth or, or sax or, or piano? That's what we've actually just begun the last like two, three weeks, we've started to have sessions where her Shane and I get together at my place and we figure out synth and saxophone parts for all the old stuff. If it'll fit, which synthesizers a little easier, especially on some of the, the songs that we have kind of as regulars in our sets we've right now, what do we have? We have like 14 or 15 songs that we intend on playing on the road. And I think we've got nine, eight or nine that we've written all the like parts for. So she's doing something on every song. That's cool. So we've just got a few more off of Entrench and loved to write some synth to make it so she's not just standing there. But it's a, yeah, some of these like songs like Blessed are going to be wild. (laughs) I'm really excited for people to see that. Does having the synth there, does that make your job easier at all? I mean, you know, because you're, you're singing and playing guitar, does it, does it change kind of what you're playing or are you still doing everything no, exactly the same? I'm still doing everything the same. It's just going to make things sound gigantic. <laughs> it's going to sound like the sun is falling into the earth on some tracks. Cool. I'm, I'm all for that. That'll be that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting you said the sax being divisive because, I mean, uh, I, I totally get how it is, but it also seems like a lot of people who are into really aggressive, really kind of extreme music would also be into, um, you know, like avant-garde jazz and free jazz and stuff that, that's really noisy and discordant in itself. It's just you'd, a different way, right? You'd think so. Yeah, like, I, like I've been telling people, I think the saxophone is one of the most violent instruments there is on the planet. Sure. Like, it just... It inherently, the way it punctuates and the way it 
especially can punctuate over extreme music. It is a wild instrument. And I'm, I'm really, it's, I mean, I guess I wanted to start incorporating it because when we started writing Loved, I was listening to way more jazz than anything else. And I've kind of continued that while mixing in, I mean, there's a lot of really good death metal and even like noise. I don't even want to say hardcore, but kind of a lot of really cool noisy things going on right now. And it's just, it's blending all the things that I love right now into our music. So I, uh, and actually we're using the saxophone for more than just a, a violent noise tool too. Um, trying to think if if that's more so on the next record or if it's on this one <laughs> well it's gonna be hard to remember if, if you've recorded it all in one kind of big chunk yeah that's gonna be uh yeah you don't want to give away you don't want to give any spoilers about the, the the future record when this one's not even out yet i mean i can kind of tell people that like the first record is very much reflecting kind of the the feeling we all had as the pandemic was first starting like just this this frantic crazed scared um kind of just all over the place you don't know what to think of what's happening and 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 then it it was just followed for me by great sadness and that's the next record
I've been talking about the pandemic kind of like twice a week straight for the past two and a half years doing this this show and then like on my day job talking about it constantly as well. I'm sick of talking about it, but what, what, Yeah. I mean, aside from the obvious, how, how has that affected you guys as a band? Because I mean, you know, I, I think that it's not that unreasonable that you take usually a few years between records. Anyway, this has obviously drastically affected your ability to get together and things like that, but did it really derail anything or did it just kind of push things a little farther back? Um... It, we were intending to do a bunch of touring in 2020, so it completely derailed that and it pushed that writing process more. Um, yeah, really, it. it I, for, I feel like it killed some of the momentum we were starting to get, too. We we're starting to get some pretty decent tour offers again after quite a few years of not getting tour offers. And it seems like when the pandemic hit and the whole industry got like the pause button pressed on, no one's come back to ask us <laughs> <laughs> and that's annoying to me because uh we have new stuff we want to promote and we'd love to do some cool tours and instead we're left kind of going like well guess we got to do something ourselves because i'm not going to sit at home yeah. a lot of people our age if they didn't become like 
a cool band that is in high demand, they're all kind of playing the, well, we're just going to sit at home and wait for only good offers. And uh, we've never really been that band who sits and waits for good offers because we don't get them when we do that. So we're going to get out and pound the pavement a bit in the fall. Uh, Hopefully it all comes together. I mean, I'm working on it. We got to promote this record. So I don't want it to just kind of get released like a wet fart. It's got to be a a nice big airy fart that drifts. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) what you just mentioned too about you know people our age do you are you still as excited about doing this as you were 20 years ago because i mean i you know the first time i would have seen you live would have been 98 99 or whenever you know whenever you got started and 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 i mean is that kind of um are you still as pumped about playing a show or, or is it even more maybe at this point like has it changed at all no i'm not <laughs> <laughs> i'm I'm kind of hoping that we'll be able to find a new balance with this new material and new lineup that I actually will be excited about playing shows. Honestly, the last bunch of years playing shows have not been very much fun for me. It's, I don't know. It's that old, uh, there's like memes and sayings about it. If you want to ruin something, become a professional at it. Uh, touring as professional musicians and doing it for as long as we did kind of ruined playing shows for me. It's just, it's stressful and not fun. Um, And I put an awful lot of pressure on myself. And I think part of that is a, the stage show we have been putting on hurts also. And even just when we were filming the music videos for this album cycle, I re-injured myself an injury that I, I, incurred in 2015 while touring on our success record and i haven't really been able to like exercise ever since because okay. my hip hurts so much so i i've been acknowledging that i need to change the way i approach things on stage for a number of years but because we haven't been able to practice i just kind of went back to old habits because i mean they die hard and when you don't practice for things or train for it you you do what comes naturally and what comes naturally is hurting my body
I feel like, you know, having seen you live at various points over the years too, I feel like, you know, people would not necessarily want to see a show where you're all just sitting on chairs, you know, playing calmly, right? I mean, it, it, yeah. the vibe of it is, is part of the experience, I think, right? And we very much, will, I don't think we'll ever become like a sitting on chairs band, <laughs> but some, some of the stuff I've done to my neck, like I know I've done permanent damage and I can't swing it around like that anymore because yeah. I'll get chronic headaches and yeah, it's just, it's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to figure, I got to figure something out. As, I, I mean, there are other ways to be engaging and intimidating and blah, 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 and, and make the image of the music fit the sound of the music, yeah. but yeah, uh, yeah, I got to stop hurting myself so it actually is it's fun to do again because <laughs> I don't know the concept of going on tour if you're not having fun on stage as <laughs> we'll still do it because like I like traveling and going to cool restaurants and meeting meeting all the people who, who like all the same stuff as we do all over the yeah. world because that that never like even the last tour cycle we did I I was trying to collect craft beer through the states as we toured and. People just give you stuff because they like your band a lot. And I don't know. I, I, I totally I get where they're coming from with that sort of thing. Because when you when you like someone's music, and especially with, in the age of social media, where you kind of get a piece of their personality through it. And so many of the people in this community end up being really cool people who like a lot of the same stuff as you. Like you, you essentially make friends everywhere. And mm. What do you want to do with your friends? You want to share cool shit with your friends. And that's what they do with us when we come through town. And that sort of stuff is just very humbling. And I mean, that, that, that for me is, is part of the meaning of life for touring is meeting these people, getting to eat the food that they like, drink the beer that they like, hopefully get some coffee next time. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's why I like traveling. I like, I like experiencing all those things that, that make life worth living. And, and that's honestly, that's what I'm looking forward to about getting back on the road. It's that's, just, that's cool. all that stuff. Yeah. That, all that, the that, stuff. That's better than sleeping on the sleeping on floor part, obviously is not the fun part, yeah. but the, yeah, that, the food and the meeting people and everything for sure. I can see that uh, being worth the, uh, you know, physical injuries <laughs> and uh, discomfort and all that stuff. And it is, I mean, traveling in a van with your bandmates, as long as you don't hate them. And at this point, like, why the hell would we, We've been a band for this long. We wouldn't be in a band if we didn't like our bandmates. Like yeah. that's part of part of it for us too. With this is just and and like we have a bassist who doesn't even live here. The the reason he's in the band is because he's he's our good friend and we like spending time with him and we like collaborating and making music with him. So it's it's nice to like spend time with your friends sure. in a van, living like deranged hobos. <laughs> <laughs> At, at this point, you have the one music video that just came out um, for the uh, the first single from the record. Where can people hear that? Where can people hear the song? I, I know that the song is also out on, on the various ways people consume music. Oh, these days. The song's everywhere. YouTube, Spotify, Apple Music, all the streaming things. The single is out. Um, the video you can check out on YouTube. Where else? It's Facebook, Apple Music, blah, 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 blah. All, all the ways everyone consumes music these days, it's, it's available. The, the vinyl and CDs are available for pre-order. We've got T-shirt designs. Uh, our, our artwork guru, Randy Ortiz, who we've been working with for many years, also from Winnipeg. Yeah. We, uh, we collaborated on a print of the album art with him for this one that I, I 
don't think a lot of people realize is even for sale because um, we kind of packaged it as part of the whole pre-order thing through our site. But that's that's available and that looks so menacing. Um, yeah, it's just it's it's nice to finally get this stuff out, particularly because like we submitted the music and the artwork back in January. That's because like a lifetime ago. Yeah, the the vinyl situation in the world is so bad that yeah, it's been sitting since January, and we've just been kind of like. Granted, there was things to do, like we had to film music videos, and now it's editing music videos. But like, when you finish this piece of art, you can't have anyone hear it for like nine months. <laughs> that was part of my dilemma when, because uh, it was what was it in the. We booked Andrew Schneider to come up to record everything last fall. And originally it was supposed to happen in the summer, but the borders hadn't opened up and we had to make the call as to when we were going to fly him up. Uh, we made the decision that we had to figure it out by May. And it, like last May, we were all in lockdown here still. So we basically went like, yeah, this isn't going to happen. It's not going to work by the summer. And I know like Canada didn't even allow people to come up from the u.s until sometime in july anyway yeah. so couldn't have worked out so it got moved um and when it got moved then i was predicting there was going to be another swell of a new uh variant in the fall uh and if it didn't happen we were going to have to completely change the plan because i wasn't going to wait till 2022 to record this stuff because writing songs in 2020 and waiting two years to record it like the stuff's going to feel meaningless to me then totally. so we were faced with that, like, well, we're going to have to pivot if this doesn't happen. Uh, thankfully, it happened, and then the next variant outbreak happened. So You snuck is, it in there right when there was that period. Yeah. I feel really bad because our recording engineer and producer, Andrew Schneider, like, he's from New York, so he caught it in January 2021. And then when he got back home from recording us, um, he caught it again. Like, that was when omicron hit new york yeah it's just like and that was at the time when nobody believed you could actually get it twice and there were certain conspiracy theorist doctors saying like you can't get it twice and then everyone started getting it twice just like fuck of course yeah of course it's this way yeah of course yeah <laughs> well they, i mean hopefully this 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 uh, you know eternal waking nightmare that everyone's been going through is going to be ending soonish I, I don't know but i mean we could get a new yeah. variant tomorrow and then it goes back to, to lockdown but you are going to be going on tour presumably, <laughs> to presumably. where can people yeah. find out uh tour dates and things like that what's the best way to sort of keep in touch with what you're where you're going to be and what you're doing uh, generally speaking like we use the what are the all those music databases bands in town and song kick on kick yeah they're like the two main ones that uh kind of populates spotify and yeah uh Bandcamp. what else do they do all kinds of shit anyway if you follow any of those you'll you'll be able to uh figure out what's happening when, when do you ballpark this will come out because i could I could talk about some of the days sooner rather than later. Um, I, I do two a week now and I'm, uh, I, my backlog of episodes while I was sick with COVID pretty much evaporated. So they come out within okay. like a week and a half or two weeks of, of recording now. Okay. Well, we're releasing the first dates on the 24th of June. So if it comes out after that, um, we're, doing, we're, we're starting four dates uh, in Canada with a Winnipeg, Saskatoon, 
Calgary Edmonton with Vile Preacher and uh, Mares of Thrace cool. to kind of launch the record. Uh, the first first show in three years being right here in Winnipeg at the Goodwill. So that'll be hopefully a lot of fun. And then we're supposed to be going to the States for three weeks in October and November, which I don't know where all that's at, but I do know that we're playing No Coast Festival in Dallas, which is like a noise rock festival. So Very cool. that should be fun. Awesome.